Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. Let's be together in transition, whether in motherhood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 60, PTSD Self-Healing Show. Healing inner trauma and rewriting outdated stories with Debbie Pace, inspirational leader, author, and Reiki healer. Please subscribe to Panta Kalho Transition Channel and order my book Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Another show of PTSD self-healing and with a very amazing, spiritual, inspirational guest. <laughs> you know, I was really amazed going through her bio and I couldn't wait whole week to talk to her. She is amazing and she, she's done too many things. And uh, you'll see, you, she's going to talk about her story and sh- you're going to love it. Uh, Debbie Pace today is with us and she actually lived first five years of her uh, life in violence. And uh, she has amazing stories. She's done too many things like bouncing back from painful divorce, business bankruptcy with 1,000 in investor finding. And not only that, she also had kids to deal with. I'm so happy, Debbie, to have you. And I'm 100% sure your story is going to inspire so many people. And I'm so excited today talking to you. (laughs) Thank you so much. It really is an honor. And I just hope I live up to the story. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, Debbie, uh, tell me about your story first. How did you come up uh, to help people with PTSD and inspiring them? You know, it's really interesting is I didn't realize that it was what I was really here to do. I didn't realize that I even had my own dealings with PTSD until I I got a coach a few years ago. And that coach said to me, have you ever gotten any treatment for PTSD? And I, and I hadn't, I've been in the personal development space since about 2010. And I didn't start there though. I mean, I was a 30 year broadcaster and journalist and I was always a really high achiever, which is so symbolic of people who grow up in trauma. We're trying to out achieve our past. We're really trying to run from the place that doesn't feel safe in ourselves. And And I kept doing it and kept doing it. And I really wasn't showing up as myself. And I found myself in 2012 going through a painful divorce. And I had a business that was going bankrupt. And I couldn't afford to stay in the home where I had myself and my two kids. And so we really had to go and make some serious changes. And I realized at that point, though, that the the common denominator in all of that was me. And I needed to make the changes. And so it really forced me to take that mirror and turn it back on myself and say, what is going on and what do I really need to do to fix this? Because I wasn't, I wasn't willing to live in that place because uh, especially for trauma survivors, that is the scariest, most unsafe place. And we really require a large amount of certainty. 
And so I had to get back to that place in my life where I felt like I was a little bit more in control. And so that set me down the path of, of re rekindling and re repairing my marriage. We're now actually remarried. We were officially divorced. And we're now actually, we've been remarried wow. for coming up <laughs> on six years. Yes. So it does work if you work it. And there is hope for anyone who might be out there feeling like, especially now that, that their case might be hopeless or they don't know where to go. But when you really follow that path inside, when you follow those whisperings that say, go here, do this, take that course, watch this video, whatever, when we really open up and start listening to that inner voice, it'll take us where we need to go if we're open. Wow, that was a beautiful story. Remarrying is beautiful, you know. That's a great message for people who really give up easily. Because I see a lot of families started really great uh, foundation. And then some, something just come up and they're tired. And with kids especially, when you are two together, it's much easier going through this path. But when you have kids, it's, it's hard because you have to deal with so many things. It's better to repair that relationship rather than just break up. Yeah, especially if it's not violent. And I, I always put that little preface out there that, you know, as long as no one's in danger and no one's being harmed. I mean, ours was simply that we just didn't know how to communicate together. We came into the relationship as two individuals and we didn't know how to be a partnership. And it took us splitting up and learning how to be our own partner, learning how to really love ourselves and like who we showed up as every day before we could come back and really be in that partnership together. And I think that that's what we see a lot of times is especially trauma survivors, we want someone to fix us and make us feel whole. But it really is our responsibility to do that because we're going to bring someone into the relationship, meaning ourselves, who isn't in a place and doesn't have the capacity to really show up fully for someone else if we're not able to do it for ourselves. And so I would just say that, you know, whatever might be going on in your relationship, if you find yourself in a situation where you want to walk away, take that mirror and say, how am I not fully showing up yet? How am I not showing up for myself and what can I do? Like, what's the first step I can do for that? Sometimes you just need some break, yes. not for the relationship, but for yourself as well. Because yeah. you will be lost in exhaustion, uh, tedious jobs every day, especially when you have kids. Because I have kids, I know. Yeah. what's going on because when you have a relationship uh, just with your partner that's uh, different but when you have kids then you you have to double your work going through the day <laughs> and yeah. then take responsibility for this exhaustion nobody can handle this only you and as you say we need some break sometime uh, some silence even for the ptsd as i didn't know i have ptsd as well mm. but i had a lot of unprocessed after the accident i had i i let you know later <laughs> that was accident because um, i talk about it in all my shows uh, somebody robbed my car threatened me with the knife and that mm. that accident actually happened and i couldn't deny it but I tried to do so many things on personal development, just deny that accident. But as you said, if you don't sit with yourself, if you don't process what's happening to you, and then if you don't reframe those events, 
then you cannot move forward. Yes, exactly. And especially right now, so many people are stuck in their homes and we don't really have a place to go. Our our, our routines are disrupted. And even for some people, just going and, and taking a drive or taking a walk is, is hindered. And so now more than ever, we need that grace with ourselves. We really need to we benefit so much from from not only creating that space, even if it's just 10 minutes to breathe and like fully breathe in and fully exhale, really, and and allow your body to feel that release. Even just 10 minutes can do so much good for you. And then you take that out into the world and you take that out with the kids and you become a better partner just in that moment and you know a better better parent and you're able to show up better for the people who you've purposely brought into your life. You know David the interesting point is before this pandemic happens everybody think oh I wish I could work from home I have comfort then I can spend time with my family <laughs> no this happened everybody's you know most people actually doing work from home unless they have essential job going out but now they are tired they are exhausted because they don't feel free even if you go for shopping is not the same experience like let, let's say few like one month ago we went to ikea every time we go to ikea we have oh we have some lunch there we spend like two three hours it's a great experience then i went to ikea and then it was awful like i we could the food court was closed yes yes there was no washroom washroom was out i was like what <laughs> so it was like express shopping that's it yeah. so there was no joy just go and buy something and go out that's it but as you said we we should survive and we should find some ways there are still great things you can do during this gap because we don't need to go to come and commute every day few hours you know still right. we can go to the nature yeah. If you have access to it, because right. here in Canada, like in Toronto, it's a bit cold. Still, you can go to snow mountains, do some, or doing some skating or um, like winter yeah. sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. You know I want to touch on something that you said, which which I thought was really, really important. So many people thought, oh, if I could just work from home. And I've been working from home for 16 years. Wow. Yes. So I started out, I've been doing online journalism for 16 years at home. And I actually have gotten into discussion, shall we say, with family members who didn't understand that because I worked at home, it doesn't mean you can call me all the time. And and the other piece to that is when you work at home, you can't escape the things that you normally could just leave and go to the job and know that you would handle them later. And one of the most valuable tools that I was able to create in this time working at home was boundaries. So boundaries on when you do and don't answer the phone, boundaries on locking a door if you know you don't have a an, an infant at home who needs full support but really creating those boundaries early so that people understand 
when and where you need the time and carving out that space or that place within the home. You know, for me, it's sometimes it's been in just a corner in the bedroom and it didn't even matter, but that was my space. And it's been the bathroom. Honestly, it's been the bathroom, lock the bathroom door. I, I will not have conversations through a bathroom door. You have to wait for me to come out. But when, when we can get really good at creating those boundaries, we'll start to be able to breathe in those places without feeling like we have to consciously always take time to do it. It'll start to become natural. We'll start to feel a little bit more relaxed in those places and, and with the time that we've carved out for ourselves. Exactly. So boundaries is a big one. Exactly. That's uh, like, even if you are a mom, you need some space for yourself. That's the first thing you can breathe like a woman. Especially if you're a mom. Yeah, if you're a mom. Because <laughs> I have a three-year-old. She I she needs lots of care. I know, especially these days, she cannot go to daycare. Yeah. But yes, you shouldn't feel guilty because you need to take care of yourself to handle your work as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Debbie, I have um, your topic. I don't want to go far from it because it's so interesting. It's saying healing inner trauma and rewriting outdated stories. Uh, how did you do it to yourself? Like, how did you perform it for your own story? Well, it's for me, it was a long journey because I had a lot of resistance to making some changes. But the real shift for me happened when I moved from my head and thinking I had to have all the answers and think my way through a situation and really letting go of having to know in that moment what what was the answer or how to fix, you know, I used to say fix myself, but I don't think we're broken, but, but really how to fix the situation. And when I really leaned in and just let go of having to have the answer, having to think my way through it, and I opened up my heart to the answers because I'm a firm believer that our hearts will always give us the answer. And so I got really good at shutting my mind down saying, okay, ego brain, I understand you're here. You've served me really well for survival because that's, especially in people with PTSD and childhood trauma, we survival is we must be smart. We must be sharp. We must think our way through. We're always on alert, always ready to move and act. But I really had to learn to shut that down so that I could be in my heart and be in the space and, and experience what joy, fulfillment, and just a, an, a moment of peace felt like. And when I was able to do that, I was able to really get so many answers. And you know, it was always with my husband, it was, it was love him unconditionally. That was the way through that scenario. And I never really understood that I wasn't doing that. I thought I gave everything I had but I couldn't give what I didn't have inside and I didn't have unconditional love for myself. And so moving through that space and really stepping to that place of love and a heart-based place. And we know I can have this conversation with you right now and I can look at you and I can just feel so much love for you and so much gratitude for who you are and how you're showing up. And that's love, right? That is absolutely love. And it's not, it's not mushy or soft or whatever. It's really just the acknowledgement and the gratitude of another human being. And when we can start in that place, we can start with ourselves and then move that and spread that out to people, start learning forgiveness through that process. Our whole world can shift and change. And, and mine did very quickly. Beautiful. So what are those uh, personal development uh, methods you've done on yourself and you do on your clients? 
So I use all different ones. I, mm -hmm. I'm trained in a number of different modalities. And the most powerful one, though, that I use is, is journaling. It, it sounds funny because I'm a Reiki master and a certified sound healer. And they're all tools because sometimes we do get so stuck in what we're feeling and what we're thinking. And it, it, it's solidified and crystallized in our bodies that sometimes we need something extra to shift us out of that. And so I'll use different modalities. But the most important thing, and I, I really do consider myself a messenger, and I help guide people to their truth. And the way that I do that by using all the journalism and broadcasting is just asking the right questions. And so I'm a huge proponent and the most powerful thing for me was journaling. And when I sit down and I have those few minutes in the morning with myself and my journal, and I just ask myself powerful questions, like what, what do I need right now? A lot of people in this space are probably don't even think to ask themselves, like, what do you need right now? What's the next best step you can take to be able to breathe or to feel good about your life or to love yourself or whatever it might be? powerful questions will start to shift you and shift your perspective. And then you start making different decisions because you start feeling differently about things when you can see them differently. And that was probably one of the most powerful methods that I've used so far. I love journaling. I use it myself. I'm yeah. author for like three books. And since I was child, I used to write. I still have those notebooks from childhood. And I think even through the PTSD, especially when you are alone, it really helps because mm -hmm. sometimes you really cannot talk to somebody else about your problem. Even my family didn't know I have PTSD. Mm -hmm. Like even myself, I didn't know. I just wrote the book and then I didn't know there is a condition uh, called PTSD. But my book was about trauma, how I was healed with trauma and how I, I have a method how to go through it. So then I realized, wow, <laughs> that method can help a lot of people to overcome them, them, their problem as well. But the only thing is you have to customize your own method. You may have yeah. you may have a lot of things like NLP or whatever is there out there, but you may have your own self-healing <laughs> combat with yourself and you can do it yourself. Because I know for some people, uh, journaling is not the right thing. Like my, my friend didn't like to, one of my friends didn't like to write. She said, can you write it for me? I said, what? <laughs> This is your problem. Why, how should I write your diary, diary for you? So you see, that's that should be uh, customized by any uh, anyone. Like oh, sure. And not yeah. everyone is meant to use every tool that's out there. I mean, I I wrote the Journal to Freedom, which was the book that I published back in 2016, wow. and it used the, it it pulled together all of the things that I use minus some of the healing modalities, because those are very, they're very hands-on, they're more one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, geared. But asking yourself the right questions even, some people might not be journalers, they might not be writers, but one thing we can't do is escape our own inner truth. And whether it's through journaling or whether it's sitting with yourself and allowing your mind to go where it needs to go to give you the answers, they are always within, always. And that really is one of the most powerful takeaways for me in my own personal development journey and, and witnessing so many of my clients is 
it's always in there. It's just that sometimes we need someone or something to help us reflect that back. Exactly. You also use music uh, for healing? I do. I'm a certified oh. sound healer. I wow, am. Oh, beautiful. How do you do this? I've never done this. Oh, well, so, I mean, it's you can use all different um, instruments. I have crystal bowls. I have Tibetan bowls. I have um, triangles. I have tongue drums. I have, um, I forget what kind of drum that's called. I have a didgeridoo. I, what else do I have? I have oh, all these. Uh, in the, that's Australian one. Yes. Yeah, that's have the big long one. I'm still learning that one. But I have like rainmakers and all these things. Um, and I use my voice. My voice is probably one of the most powerful sound healing tools that I have. Um, but I use that with the crystal bowls to sort of take the person on a journey outside of all their thoughts, all their beliefs, all of their struggles, even out of their body to a place that is completely safe and easy and weightless. And when we can get there, our solutions are there, our pathways are there, the healing is there, and it's just a magical place. You know, uh, I my father used to play violin. Um, he was really strong, but he was a good violinist. And when I was in, um, I was there with him. He really wanted to encourage me to learn, but uh, I was not like, oh, okay, one day I'll do that. Then I was uh, uh, away from home, and then I started, okay, I'm going to learn it. Everybody say violin is so difficult to learn. I said, no matter. I don't want to go to orchestra or doing very professional job, but I just want to learn how to read the notes. So I started uh, reading notes and even playing violin for for a long time and uh, you know my inspiration was my father he told me that's the best place i mean that's the best thing to do when you are alone if you are alone you try to focus on something and hear it listen to it and then this is the best way to occupy your uh, loneliness because you create some peace of your own and then you practice best pieces of others and then I realized yes it really helped me and it was very nostalgic for me because I remember him when he used to play violin and I sing with him so it was really even if when I just remember it I just brought it brings a lot of tears in my eyes mm. so it's like Music really can connect your soul to your mind. It's very emotional and deep connection. And it's kind of healing because you feel peaceful. When I used to play violin, I didn't feel who is around me or what I'm doing. I just, I just try to listen and do it. So I was there 100%. So there was no distraction, nothing. So that's why, yes. I, so kind of, I've done it too. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. music has the different notes too through energy work. It's, you know, Reiki, you understand how different tonalities and vibrations work and, and where they are felt or able to heal in the body. And we work with chakras. And so the sound is really so important in understanding how to take a person through that journey, because sometimes we're stuck at the really base level. 
and we, and especially people with trauma and PTSD, where you're stuck in those really rooted places because that's you've had to ground and you, and you feel safest when you're on the ground and you have that certainty and you're in that low vibration. And the sound can really go in there and help get you unstuck so that your whole channel can open up. You can be that light, you can be that unconditional love for people. And music is just one of the amazing modalities that we can do that. And it doesn't matter the instrument. I mean, I love piano too. My sister plays the piano. I never learned to read music. So I just play, I, I'm very intuitive, I'm highly intuitive. And so everything I do, I feel into it. And, and that's how I play music. And I just am so grateful that that this has come into my life because I, I always kept myself from it. It always had to come from someone else, but doing yeah. the, the sound healing and using crystal bowls and things and just oh. understanding more about them has really helped me not only get to different parts of myself that maybe I hadn't accessed before I got into the sound, but also help other people too, who don't realize, oh, we're so stuck in these lower energies. Wow, just to go to higher notes and and just the crystal bowls, they just take you somewhere else. It really is a beautiful place to be. Wow, I love it. So when do you practice the didgeridoo? What is it? Uh, always difficult to pronounce it. <laughs> didgeridoo. <laughs> didgeridoo. Because I had a friend, she used to study music uh, in Australia, and we didn't let her to, to play in the house because it, it was so loud, so, so disturbing. <laughs> because she, did, she was practicing. Uh, if you don't, it, it takes time to get the note and yeah. exactly do it the same way. Yeah. Uh, so people who, who are listening to it, by the time you are practicing to get the note and everything um, uh, arranged, <laughs> like it takes time. So we said she go. She used to go to the river, <laughs> play there, <laughs> poor girl. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Do you play that home? I, oh, I I use the word play loosely. I'm learning it. I actually just got it for Christmas. So it was one of the one. It's one of the newer instruments. And um, I mean, we have a trumpet player in the house and he also has a sax. So we're oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a, a flautist as well. So um, and my husband has the guitar that he brings out. So I was I was learning house. some notes on the guitar. Yeah. It's like, it's so, so the music is not really a problem in my house, but during working hours when we're trying to have conversations or maybe do podcasts, yeah, that would be a problem. But I think well, we have you shouldn't have too many neighbors very close to you. <laughs> oh, no, the neighbors are fine. It's, um, yeah, we're good. We're good with our neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I used to live in an apartment. Right now, I'm, I'm living in a house. But those days, I was playing violin. Mm. Uh, by the time when, when I get the note right, everybody like it. And but by that time, it was awful because like ah. <laughs> so messy. Yeah, beautiful. So, Debbie, do you think uh, PTSD is recoverable? I believe it is. I think it's one of those things. Like people ask me all the time too. You know, can you? Is, is alcoholism something that you can move from? And I think that you can live in a place where it doesn't run your life, but there's always patterns that are there that that 
that can show up. And what happens is they don't show up as often, they don't stay as long, and you don't go as deep within them. And so mm -hmm. I do believe that if someone is really dealing with it deeply right now, that you can move beyond that place into a life really of joy, fulfillment, and where you're not always feeling like you're in survival mode. But I, but I believe that the patterns that were created when we were a child will still show up sometimes. Yes. I don't know that it's a hundred percent gone because we've, I mean, and it depends on how old you are too. I mean, I'm, I'm in my late forties and I definitely had a long time of being in these patterns and it was comfortable for me, but I, I really do believe that it, it, it has integrated itself into who we are and, and how we show up in life. But I also think that there's a piece of the work that I do, especially that I don't fully move out of that place because it allows me to go really deeply with the clients I work with to really understand where they are. I'm an empath. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm intuitive and, and all these things. And so there's a lot of people who had when they've gone through the PTSD, but it's, it's, I used to see it like, Oh, this is such a curse, but it became such a gift and really being able to work with other people. So shifting it from, do I, do I feel some of these things and are they uncomfortable? Yes, but it's no longer a curse. Now it's a gift because I can understand on a new level and a deeper level how to help people, how to work with people. But I do think that I, even in my own life, I definitely feel that presence. And I'm no expert on PTSD recovery for sure. And and I'll say that, you know, if somebody's in trouble, they need to see someone for sure. But but in my own life, I I can acknowledge right here that I don't struggle with the things I struggled with in my 20s. And I was I was an absolute mess in my 20s. I will say that right now. And who I am today is completely different than who I was then. Yes. Yeah. We, I think this is really related on you, only you. Like um, you may live um, in your pa parents' house. Your parents may be really kind, really good. You don't have any uh, childhood trauma. But uh, out of four children, maybe one one of them is not okay. Like I see in a lot of families, like even if they have great parents, but the interpretation of the uh, habits and uh, talking attitude maybe is different on other childs, other children. So that's why by the time you don't find yourself and you don't work on yourself, even if uh, you don't have any childhood trauma, but, but your interpretation of the childhood trauma may be different as well. So you have to find yourself by yourself. <laughs> you start healing. Them. The journey is definitely a personal one. It really is. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't want anyone to get caught up in comparing my journey with their journey or someone else's journey because we really are on our own path. And I could have looked in my 20s and said, oh my goodness, why am I not getting this? I don't understand this. But I needed to go through the places I went in order to really serve, and this is my belief, but really to be able to serve my life fully in what I came here to do. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not gone through some of the things I went through in my 30s and my early 40s, because it it made me a better, it made me a better coach. It made me a better person. It made me a better partner. It made me a better mom. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the best 
qualities or what are the best steps you recommend to somebody who just start PTSD healing? For one thing, I think it's important to have a goal. Who do you mm -hmm. want to be on the other side? How do you want to feel on the other side? What do you want your life to look like on the other side? Um, that's a shortcut through my process. I have a seven-step freedom accelerator process. And the first step is, is faith. But I, especially people with trauma and PTSD, faith can sometimes be the last step because we're, we're building things like a vision that's really powerful that we can move to. We can be, we can be pulled to instead of pushing. A lot of people are high achievers and push hard and have to be at the top of their game. So when we, when we are moving through certain things, faith can sometimes be the last thing. We have to create that vision that we're pulled from instead of constantly driving and wearing ourselves out and getting burnout. And so that, and also the momentum. So once you start moving to that place, when you start feeling pulled, like, wow, you know what? I really believe this is this is the, the right course of action. This is the right path for me. Like my own life, I'll be like, this is absolutely what I'm here to do. Then we start to get momentum. We bring people around us who support that vision. And we just keep piling things on to make it so hard to walk away from that really draw us in. And the, and the end result does become the faith because you're surrounded every single day by all of these things that remind you, oh yes, of course you need to show up here. Or, of course you have to have this conversation or you need to write this book or, you know, of course this is where you're being led. And then the, when the faith gets really solidified, it's, it's no longer a conversation or a battle with yourself. You're just showing up knowing. It becomes unknowing, really. And so you're going from that place of really having no idea where to start. And the end becomes the knowing of why you're here and what you want to do and how to do it. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but. <laughs> yes, I, I think yes. Because first of all, even if I talk to therapists in PTSD as well different of them and then I realize by the time you don't want to heal then you you won't because <laughs> like I see moms take their kids to therapist but if they don't cooperate it's not going to happen to them so right. information as you said you have to know you want to be healed you have goals you want to pass that trauma and you want to process because you cannot hide it. There are lots of people just hide it, but yeah. in some they get triggers and then they go through that path again. So yeah. that's why, yeah. Yeah, and we get so good too. This is so, it's funny, it's so textbook for... <laughs> We become really good manipulators. Um, not only we, we manipulate ourselves and we think we don't need help and we think we're going to be okay. We're so used to surviving and doing things on our own and we don't need help. And we figured out how to move on our own. And we don't really remember that we've asked for help from a therapist or we've gone for them. And so we get really good at telling them we're okay, telling them we're fine, convincing them we're fine. And then we're, we're done. And then all of a sudden we're isolated and alone again, and we don't understand, but it, that's really a place of, of, of stepping back and saying, what do I really want? What do I really want here? Because it's hard sometimes to receive, 
especially people from who have these really deep-rooted traumas or, or histories of abuse, we are so used to not receiving. That's the most uncomfortable place in the world. So it's really easy to go to the therapist and say, I don't need help. I'm good now. No, I'm good now. Yeah, two weeks. It's great. I'm all good. I mean, I've, I, I've done that myself, and but it wasn't the right pathway for me, clearly. And, you know, once you get yourself to where you're in an emotionally and physically safe place, you really need to lean into those moments. And I found that very valuable of just leaning in and saying, okay, well, this isn't working. What is? And that's when the whole personal development journey just completely showed up for me. And I was like, okay, Debbie, we'll open this pathway up then because you're more, you're more open to this. And, and I was very resistant to, to that particular type of medicine. I, I didn't have good experiences with it. So I knew it wasn't for me, but it's, but it's worked for so many other people. But if you find yourself going and and telling them you're fine and convincing them that you're fine, then it's probably time to take a look at if that's not working for you, find something that does. Exactly. And as you say, mentor is so important because uh, somebody who already gone through this, because I see, because I've been there. I'm a PTSD coach. Why I'm a PTSD coach? Because I've been there. <laughs> and yeah. for me, it took a long time to get recovered because I didn't have mentor and I didn't have anybody to talk to. But for somebody who, who, have, who has this strategy step-by-step, step, how you can go through it, can help you, can support you, kindly show you the guidance and you can talk to, then it's going to be much more helpful. Yeah, and having someone, I think that the biggest thing was having someone see me really see me and and almost look at me <laughs> even though I was a mature adult who was a mom just really looking at me and seeing me and saying I know what you're going through I I see what you're doing and to really confront you in this most loving and safe way and just hold that space for you that that changed everything for me because I was allowed to to be this really uncertain afraid person and 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 unleash some things emotionally that were uncomfortable and, and powerful and strong. And when you can find someone who can hold that space for you, and it's what I do with other people now, because I saw how valuable it was, but that really is the place where the changes can happen because we, we do it for ourselves to a certain point, but then we need those reflections and we need that coach or that mentor to show us our blind spots. What am I not seeing? I just had a call with a friend today. You know, it's like, it's a blind spot. These people are getting on my nerves and why don't they do this? And it's like, well, where in your life do you need forgiveness? Because you weren't allowed to be that person and find that, find that grace, find that place of like, we see it. I've, I've heard this so many times and maybe you've heard it and maybe you use it. I'm not sure, but it's really looking at a person. If you feel yourself triggered or confronted by something, look at them and treat them like you would your child. And how would you talk to them then? Because our kids can act out. And there are times where I look at them and go, whose child are you? Where did that come from? You know, but then I still look at them and I say, you're this beautiful, innocent human being who came from love and light and are love and light. And so if we can just get ourselves shifted enough to see that in other people, the experience just, it, it becomes, it becomes one of joy and not one of survival all the time. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. So do you have any program? I see you have a Facebook, um, 
what is it debbie pace global if you want to contact with her and then you have instagram account debbie paste global again <laughs> oh you have a podcast beautiful I the show so. up show what is this podcast about so the show up show is really about it's interviews with people who have overcome obstacles whatever they might be reinventions trauma whatever to really show up powerfully in their own life and it it's about what what people do what are the resources that they use how have they themselves gone within <laughs> and really found that strength in themselves and and sort of how like they live their life what's their bible for their life and and what are their non-negotiables that really help get them from you know one one person i just had uh, a podcast guest was uh a toured was a rock star and then lost everything and then ended up wow having this place of of awesomeness and was headhunted by guns and roses and then ended up touring with sting so it it was such a great like having it all losing it all getting it all back again kind of scenario and it's that kind of stuff because most of us couldn't even imagine losing losing everything and, and probably couldn't even think about how we would find our way back but this this interview was a really good one because it it explained the power of community and who we surround ourselves with and this person had such a strong network of friends and was had a really really strong internal compass of staying true to their word when they were touring with somebody it was their word for those two years they were touring with them so this person turned down guns and roses because they were uh, they were touring with this person and they couldn't just leave them out there to dry and so yeah and then sting ended up you know working with them and hiring him on and so it's it's just a testament to so many really great things but most importantly for me was the value of community and who we surround ourselves with is everything and do they support the vision do they support seeing you as this creator and this 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 really good person and someone that they want to help at any turn because we have to be that person for other yeah. people to be that for Beautiful. us too yeah, thank you for having this podcast. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. So do you have any freebies? Um, I am actually working on, I have two freebies right now. I, I've done a lot of work with people. I'm a visibility mentor. That's really what I do. And I help people show up very powerfully so that mm -hmm. they can basically magnetize their community to them and increase their income and impact. And so I do two freebies and, and they're both around visibility and um, I can I can share the link with you. I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> I probably should have that. But um, but it's really teaching people how to show up powerfully. And we work through this process and it's the seven, you know, the seven steps on how to really show up and and magnetize the people that you want to magnetize to you. What I really love about it, though, is it's not just for visibility for business. It's really about doing exactly what we talked about, pulling that community to you, really being the person that draws people who are supportive and support the vision to you. Mm, beautiful. Can can they find it through your website? Is it yes, it is yeah, on Debbie Pace. Yeah, it's on Debbie Pace Global. So they can access it there. Um, and I'm actually because it's a fairly new piece, it's so funny. I've been coaching mostly one on one. And so I've had to build up the back end of my business the last few months and go, okay, so people need they need to understand how to work with me at, at the, you know, at the entry level because 
I'm doing a lot more interviews and people are coming to the community. And it was a, a place that kind of was my own weakness that I didn't see. And someone reflected that back to me and said, Debbie, <laughs> you can't just coach 24 hours a day and work with clients that way. They need other ways to come into the community. And so I would say if, you know, if these messages resonate with you, definitely go to my website, Debbie Pace Global. I have a video. It's like two minutes. You can watch it and just learn a little bit more about me. And there's a button right below it that says, get my free gift. So there you go. And then from there, you'll be in the community and, and we'll be able to have conversations and just see how we might best move forward and what other resources I might have that can help move through some of this stuff. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being here. I really enjoyed it and I learned, learned so many things from you, especially about the music and sound tropy. <laughs> oh, Panti, it's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you so much.